0: You're listening to episode 160 of the Fitzpro podcast, and today we are talking about areas outside of fitness. And when I say fitness, I mean running, I mean lifting. Those are kind of the two, two areas that I am speaking about. Um, what outside of that can we do to increase our health overall? That is kind of the premise for today's episode. So whether you're a trainer or a trainee, today is going to apply to you. Without further ado, let's dive in. The Pro Podcast is your no BS approach to seeking out truth in the world that is online health and fitness. You'll see through the lens of the trainer, the trainee, and the entrepreneur. I'm your host, Annie Miller, certified strength and conditioning specialist, entrepreneur, lover of sleep, lattes, and dinosaurs aka not your average fitspo and my aim is to help you grow your mind body and business through knowledge and authenticity so that you too can become a fitspro if you happen to be a coach in the online space, specifically in the health and fitness field, I highly suggest that you check out my free on-demand workshop, Your Biz, Your Way, Three Steps to Build a Profitable Online Health and Fitness Business. The link to that is always in the show notes, but you can also head to anniemiller.co slash workshop dash register to check that out. Sign up anytime. Again, it's free. No charge. No charge take it um, on on your own time. And while you are over on the site, I have created some resources for you. They are PDFs, they're downloads, things of that sort. You can find those at anniemiller.co slash resources. I would also like to thank the sponsor of this podcast before jumping into how we can increase health outside of the time that we maybe spend in the gym. And that sponsor is Legion Athletics. They are the number one brand of all natural sports supplements in the world. If you are in the market for adding, Supplements, adding protein, adding creatine, or trying those things, adding a pre-workout, whether you want stimulant or non-stimulant, I highly suggest Legion. Beyond the supplements themselves, I just love that they are actually scientifically backed, uh, meaning that they have 100% formula transparency for the ingredients that they use, but also the dosages that they use and the science behind those decisions. So, check them out. You can get 20% off your first order with code Annie at checkout when you go to buy buylegion.com. If you already love Legion and you would like to support me and Legion, then use code Annie to get double Legion reward points at checkout. So I did a podcast back in 2021, I believe, on the reflection of my definition of health after traveling the world for a year. We went over things like being able to take a break from all of your supplements and your perfect schedule. Essentially, the the premise was, can you adapt to a less ideal situation? Because I do believe that that is a part of health. Can your principles come with you when you travel, when maybe you don't have all of the things that you're used to having? So today's episode is not that, but kind of a piggyback off of or like a cousin of that episode. I will not be going into nutrition because it's not something that I am well versed in in comparison to weight training. So yes, obviously nutrition uh, is a massive piece of health outside of training, perhaps the largest piece of health outside of training. We all have to eat, right? We all have to put food into our mouth holes. So just know that we're not going into that today, but yes, that it is very, very important in regards to health and in regards to getting the results from training that you want to get from training. But I do want to look further into, or rather outside of, the normal scope of fitness, and nutrition to some extent. Some of these are within the scope anyway. These are not going to be groundbreaking. They are absolutely normal in my mind, and I think it's pretty natural to venture into these different areas. The longer that you have been in not even weightlifting, but just the the exercise world in general. This may be a quick episode, maybe not. We'll see um, how long I how many tangents I go on here. But I hope to give you some resources and things to think about to implement outside of your time in the gym, outside of lifting weights, because that's largely what my clients do and what my audience does. Number one is breath work or breathing. It's no surprise that this came up considering that I am almost done reading the book Breathe by James Nestor. Look it up. It is on my Amazon list as well. I'll put the link in my show notes. In my academic brain, there's quite a bit of, I want to be careful with my wording here, but I would consider a lot of this book pseudoscience, if I'm being honest, or just methods and claims not backed by science, and that is for various reasons. Just because something hasn't been scientifically tested and there's not literature to back it in a scientific journal doesn't mean that it does not have merit. I want to make that very clear. The research world is, after all, still money-based. It has to be funded. Research needs funding, so that is something to consider in general. Like I said, there's there's context to this, um, but I just wanted to make clear that a lot of what is said in the book is not currently backed by science in 2022. Regardless of all of that, it is no secret that we breathe from the moment we enter this world until the moment we leave this world and that there are many efficient ways to do that given different scenarios. Breath can be very powerful in controlling other areas of our body, especially in regards to our nervous system. Breath is often used in uh, a meditative state to bring the body into a parasympathetic state. In your autonomic nervous system, you have parasympathetic and sympathetic. Sympathetic is your turn up fight or flight stimulated side and parasympathetic is your rest and digest side. We often hear it referred to as that, meaning that we get into parasympathetic when we down regulate or slow everything. We prepare for rest, we recover. That is what we wanna think about when I say parasympathetic. Essentially, breath can be used to calm the body also to stimulate the body. We can use it to go in these different directions. So I'm not necessarily telling you to implement any specific practices, but maybe just pay attention to the way that you breathe throughout the day. Are you breathing through your mouth? Are you breathing through your nose? At what points of the day do you tend to breathe through your mouth or your nose? How do you breathe when you exercise? Do you find yourself breathing into your chest or more of your stomach? How are you breathing before you go to bed at night? Just draw attention to the area of breath in general and get curious in that area. I think that's a really good place to start. And then if you have the means or you want to pick up a book like Breathe, uh, just listen to it on audio or give it a read. I do suggest it. There are several others that I have not personally read yet that I'm sure will come up on suggestions. Like when you type in the book or click on the Amazon link, I'm sure there's going to be other related books that come up if you want to dive into that particular area of health more because breath is absolutely a part of health. I personally bought the book in the beginning of 2022, but prioritized reading it during my pregnancy just because I know the power of breath during highly painful and intense situations for regulating the body, the mind and that central nervous system. So I thought that would kind of be a good read as a base in general for breath. If you're looking for an area to focus on with your body outside of your training, think about breath and obviously you can implement that into your training as well. Number two is, I guess it could actually be considered a part of fitness, which is your mobility. In my mind, this is a part of weight training or strength training. It's implemented into all of my Built by Annie programs. It's implemented into all of my one-on-one. I think that mobility and strength training go hand in hand, but think about mobility in all planes of movement. That's what I'm talking about. For me, I am very, very restricted rotationally. And if we're being honest, also in my like lateral flexion in my midsection, it's, it's not great. I trained having a very rigid spine for about two years after my back injury. I had a disc injury and uh, a lot of that was spinal and pelvic issues, alignment, all of those things. And so I trained having neutral spine very aggressively and I neglected the mobility that that should be a part of your spine, which is also very important if you have not yet ventured into mobility, I will link some Instagram accounts to follow that have some different takes to mobility, but specific to strength training and being able to move through your end ranges. That that really is the importance of mobility in my mind. I definitely benefit from static stretching from a relaxation standpoint, but I find the best long lasting result from active mobility when really working into those end ranges with movements that I'm going to be using in the gym. So check out the show notes for those accounts. Make sure you give them a follow, see who you like, see what content sticks with you. And then of course, the best subscription that I know of is still Romwad. And maybe I'm like a dinosaur and there's other better things out there now, um, which there is a lot of static stretching within Ramwad, but I do still think that it is, it's very nice to have someone walk you through what you should be doing for the day in 20 minutes, rather than you having to find it yourself or come up with it. That's just not a sustainable approach, and mobility does kind of feel like extra work. So if you can just subscribe to something wake up or before your lift or after your lift or whenever you want to do it um, follow the instructions for the day. I think that it's a great way to go and I would say the more that I think about longevity and moving for life, mobility is really king like your aerobic base and your mobility base are are king and queen if you will. Can your joints move through their end ranges without pain or discomfort? Can you then build? Strength on top of that. So if you haven't assessed or looked at your mobility lately, or you know that you've neglected it, maybe get curious in that particular area. Next up is TDEE. And this, if the pandemic was good for anything, I think it highly popularized daily walks and daily walks increase your TDEE. This is your total daily energy expenditure. This doesn't have to be in the form of walking, but walking can certainly help increase your TDEE. For instance, when we travel, ours goes much higher than when we are at home. Perhaps I had less intentional lifts when we were traveling, well, not perhaps, I definitely had way less intentional lifts and movement, but we walked so much in so many places. So my overall total daily expenditure may have actually been higher, but at a much lower intensity than when I'm home. Before traveling, I really did just sit most of the day or stand, and then get a lift in three to four days per week, which is really not ideal from like an overall health standpoint. My daily movement was very limited. That's something that we continue to do when we came home from world travels was our daily walks. We really wanted to continue doing that. We go on at least one per day, but I prefer twice per day, partially to break up my workday, but also like just to get outside, get some circulation, etc., in between my lifts and just sitting or working from home. Because the reality is I really do just sit or stand at my desk outside of my lift. There's not a lot of action going on. And it's not even about total calories burned. It's just about getting up blood flow, getting some fresh air, getting your body moving so that we are not just sitting stagnant all day. That's what it's about for me anyway. My body feels better. My hips and my back certainly feel better when I get up and get more walks in. And generally when my TDEE is higher. This also pushes you to let go of that kind of all or nothing mentality. I have noticed in the week that I did... 20 to 30 minutes of low intensity cardio while I drafted some podcast episodes. I mentioned this uh, before. So in the morning I was waking up fasted, not fasted to like burn fat, but just first thing I did was waking up, do 20 to 30 minutes of very low intensity cardio and draft some podcasts. It just feels so good to start my day with a little bit of movement and blood flow versus waking up and sitting. And I am more apt, I found, to stay active throughout the day or choose to be active throughout the day if that's how I start my day. Again, this is not something I am training for specifically. It's just a way to increase your TDEE overall. So if you haven't focused on that or you have let that slide, maybe this is the season that you bring that back in. The next thing is sleep routines. This is definitely a part of health. To me, this is a part of training. This is something that I ask my one-on-one clients about frequently is stress and sleep. This doesn't need to be fancy when I say sleep routines. It just needs to get you in the mood for sleep. It needs to down regulate your body. There's no research to back like me drinking tea before bed having some cause and effect on me sleeping better uh, than if I don't drink tea. But drinking tea is one way that I can begin to wind down and think about getting into that parasympathetic state and preparing myself for sleep. Now, whether that is placebo or not, I don't know. I'm sure it is. Uh, Stretching can do this, right? Static stretching. Reading can do this. Lowering the lights can do this. Dimming the lights, um, kind of helping that circadian rhythm. I don't care really what it is, but I do suggest looking at and developing even just one thing you do before bed that can help you prepare for that sleepy time. That you are about to enter. We don't want to go from highly stimulated to attempting to sleep because it's probably just not going to go very well. Even for spontaneous people, our bodies love routine. Science does show that. It can't be denied. So attempting to go to bed within the same half hour window, maybe even within the hour window, might be something that you start with. Stopping TV time, At a certain time, reading before bed, just doing the same routine of washing your face or taking a shower and brushing your teeth, giving yourself some kind of um, steps that you take before getting in bed. It does not need to be fancy. These are all ideas that you can just implement for yourself, or you can just begin to, again, get curious and observe yourself without changing anything at first. I am all for that. The next and last thing are sauna and cold exposure. Now I did not pull any research for this podcast episode, but if you want to look up research, I would type in cold exposure and immune response and sauna exposure and heat shock proteins. That is where I would start. Both of these have been researched heavily. The research is out there. Um, It's been pretty proven that ice baths do not actually help with recovery. Uh, I shouldn't say proven. It is suggested that it does not, you know, if anything, it slows the recovery process. So I do not suggest cold exposure immediately after a workout. That's just going to stop your body from going through the natural inflammatory process that leads us to recovery. So don't suggest that. uh, But morning cold exposure, again, linked to immune response is what I would search for and is what I'm talking about when I talk about sauna and cold exposure for health, for overall health. And to my knowledge, saunas do have much more conclusive research than ice baths or cold exposure. There's also, you know, a difference with cold exposure. It's, you know, how long are you exposed to the cold? Is your head also exposed to your cold? Is it just part of your body? There's a lot more context there that that I am not an expert on, but both I think are worth looking into. I know the benefits of sauna are pretty clear cut and backed by science. Some of the claims on the cold exposure are still a bit more iffy. We know what cold does to our recovery process. Like I said, in swelling, it it pauses that and stops the healing process. So using it in order to decrease soreness is not backed by science. If you hear people claiming that um, using it to recover quicker, to my knowledge, is also not backed by science. But I do believe, like I said, there is scientific backing for positive immune responses. And that's enough for me personally to want a you know, sauna in our house as well as a cold tub. It's probably literally just going to be like a cow trough with ice in it. I likely wouldn't use it by itself. Uh, I will probably use it in combination with the sauna when and if we get that because those are expensive and I'm also pregnant and babies are expensive. So we shall see. On the sauna note, I am not a big sweater. I don't sweat a ton like I don't even sweat during my lifts really unless it is physically hot outside or wherever I'm lifting. It's very rare that I do. And saunas have always and forever just felt so freaking good to me because I can sweat and sweat is detoxifying. It is a way that our body rids itself of things. So take that for what it's worth as well. Outside of any scientific backing, I think that you know, plunging yourself into a cold ice bath is just another opportunity to do a hard thing that may have some positive immune responses. And it's only one to five minutes in my mind. Um, it's undoubtedly a shock to your body. It's an opportunity to practice breath work, opportunity to build mental fortitude. And I am down for all of those things. So again, take it with a grain of salt, take it for what it's worth, take what you want, leave the rest. There's a lot of recovery tactics out there that are not backed by literature, but that people feel better after doing. I am a believer of whether it's pseudoscience or not, if it's not hurting anything and you feel better afterwards, or you feel like you're taking care of your body and it encourages you to make better decisions, I am all for that as long as it's in addition to the basics as long as you are getting your sleep, drinking enough water, lifting weights, managing your stress, getting a form of cardio in, I am game. The only issue I have is for when people or professionals particularly are making claims that whatever they're doing is having X effect. That's misleading, right? I just want people to call things what they are. So that is all I have for you today. If you love this episode, please head over to iTunes, give it five stars, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen. If you can leave a review and give five stars, it is much appreciated. If you're not on my mailing list, you have two options. As of now, anyway, Annie's Weekly Wisdom and Annie's Daily Dose. Check those at, at AnnieMiller.co slash news. Until next time, I am Annie Miller, and thank you so much for tuning into the Fitzpro podcast.